Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Round number two between the Colts and the Titans in week eight. The Titans come in at five and two. The Colts currently sitting at three and four, winning three out of our last four after losing in week three to the Tennessee Titans. So you can't get swept and think you have a chance to compete for the division title. There's just no way they would improve with a win to six and two. We would be sitting at three and five. They would have a three game lead in the loss column. Plus they would be up two zip head to head. You're not coming back from that. You're not winning the tiebreaker. You would have to finish a game above them, which means we would have to run the table and they would have to lose. What would that be? four more games just to finish a game below us if we were to run the table. So point blank, if you want to win the division or have a chance down the stretch to win the division, you have to split the head-to-head with the Titans, and then you have to hope that somebody gets lucky, the Jags, somebody gets lucky maybe, and they could get tripped up in the division the way we got tripped up last year in week one against Jacksonville. Because this is obviously a two-team division. But if you lose this game, it becomes a one-team division. And it's the Titans the rest of the way. They'll run away with it. We could scratch and claw for that seventh seed, the wild card, that third spot. But there's a lot of teams right now competing for that final spot. So, basically, if you want your playoff chances to be alive, this is a huge game. Regardless of the division Or the wild card, if you lose this game, is the wild card still a possibility? I would say yes, unlikely, but it's a possibility. The division, over if you lose this game. So they took round one in Tennessee, round two in Indianapolis, week eight. Here we go. No question, it doesn't get any bigger than this. And uh, this time Carson's going to be healthy. And I don't know how many people know this, but uh, there's going to be some surprises this Sunday. First of all, All of our injured guys are going to play. I think everybody's going to be back. The only questionable player is T.Y. And as of now, we don't know. He was limited Thursday. We're recording this Friday, so and it's before practice. So if he practices in any form, I think he plays. And the surprise is I think, I'm not positive, but I was told that Dio Odangbo is going to be activated for this game and will play. So – everybody all hands on deck for this game this is a huge game the colts have to have this game to compete for the division if they lose it even the wild card i've kind of gone through the schedules even the wild card is going to be tough because you're looking at what how many losses with that five losses and then you also have to play tampa bay at arizona and at buffalo so that's that's eight losses right there so and that makes it you know that's the best you could do is nine and eight so if we lose those games, I, I don't think it, it's impossible to, I think Buffalo is probably the most unlikely of those three, but that's neither here nor there. The bottom line is the Colts have to win this game. Tennessee is playing really good football. I thought the Colts did a really good job for the first three quarters defensively in the first game and got nothing from their offense. They did a good job on Henry. I think they, they 28 for 112, no touchdowns, but the offense is going to have to come to play in this game and be a lot more efficient than they were in the first game. And I think they will. I think you're going to see Carson play a lot better than he did in the first game, which won't be hard. And then you're going to see guys like Taylor. And if, if, if Hilton's out there, I think he'll make a big difference. I I, I just think this is 
a game where you're going to see the Colts really play their best game. Whether that'll be good enough to win, that's why they play the games. We'll find out Sunday. Absolutely. That's why you play the games. And as Darius Hunter said, he doesn't like to call a game a must-win game. And this is a must-win game. Because when you look at the standings, logically, it's just a must-win game. And I wouldn't give the Colts a loss automatically against Buffalo, against Tampa, against Arizona. But those are three games against three premier teams. You have the Bucks, who are defending Super Bowl champions. You have the Cardinals, who lost last night but were 7-0 before that. So they're 7-1. They're probably the best team or the second-best team with Green Bay in the NFC. And then you have Buffalo, who is right there with Tennessee, and their game came down to the wire as one of the top two teams in the AFC. So you're looking at those three teams plus Tennessee. You might be looking at four out of the top five or six teams in the National Football League, and they're all on our schedule. So it's going to be a tough uphill battle no matter what happens on Sunday against the Titans. But if you want a puncher's chance, you got to win this game. So We'll start off on the offensive side of the football for the Tennessee Titans. They come in sixth in the National Football League in points per game, 27.6 points per game. They've turned the ball over nine times, and they've allowed 21 sacks. Out of those nine turnovers, I think three came against us when we played them. We were forcing turnovers in that game. Tannehill beat us a little bit with his legs. And then, of course, the best back in football, Derrick Henry. And just listen to these statistics 869 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 4.5 yards per carry, and he's caught 18 passes to go along with it. So 869 rushing yards. They've played seven games, 10 rushing touchdowns. They've played seven games. And we actually did a fairly good job against them when we played them. I think we've done the second best job this year outside of Arizona in week one. So since week two, we've actually done the best job against him. And it's not like we shut him down. He had a relatively good game. Like for an average running back, he would have had a fine game, a good game. But for him, the standard that everybody in the National Football League holds him to because he's so damn good, we actually did a pretty good job against them, and we kept him out of the end zone when we saw them in Week 3. And we're going to have to do that again here in Week 8 if we want a chance to beat the Tennessee Titans on our own turf. Derrick Henry leads this Titans' sixth-ranked offense into Week 8. Yeah, he's special, man, and everybody knows that. I mean, you watch him play, you just have – I have a ton of respect for him. I love watching him play when he's not playing against us. But as far as just, you know, the way he's played against us, in the in the first game, he carried it 28 times for 112 yards. And, and when you when you think about it, when Derrick Henry carries the ball that many times, generally, he's running for 160 yards. So when you hold him to 112 and no touchdowns, I think that's that's almost pretty much the most you can ask for. Because he's one of those guys, when he gets up into those late, like mid-20s, late, late 20s, that's when he usually can bust one for 70 yards. So I thought our defense really did a pretty good job on him. But he's, I mean, he's going to make plays. You know he's going to make plays. He's a special player. The key is kind of limiting those big plays with him, but also the guys around him. You've got A.J. Brown, who's come back and has got 25 receptions, 354, and two touchdowns. And Julio Jones, who has 17 receptions, for 301 yards, which leads the team in uh, yards per reception with 17 and a half. So those two guys did not play in the second half against us in in game one. So, you know, and and luckily I think we're going to have all of our starters, our corners out there, but those guys are really good. And so we're going to have to do a good job 
on, you know, limiting the big plays with those guys because they're both really, really good. I mean, you can play really good defense on Julio Jones and he can still make a great play. Hopefully that doesn't happen this week. But having those guys out there for them makes a big difference. You saw that against Buffalo and you saw that against Kansas City. They really, you know, those guys really helped Derrick Henry take some of the pressure off Derrick Henry. So, you know, those three guys right there and then along with Tannehill, it's a formidable offense, man. And then you look at, you know, who, who else they have. They have, you know, Chester Rogers, who's a solid third receiver. Josh Reynolds, who's been playing better for them. They got from the Rams. Michael Pruitt, tight end. I think he scored against us the first game. And then, you know, a guy no one really talks about. It's Jeremy McNichols, the backup to to uh, Derrick Henry. He, he's been really good for them out of the backfield catching the ball. So the Colts are going to have to be, you know, on notice when he's in the game. I think he also had a touchdown out of the backfield. We didn't even pick him up in the first game when he was in. So the Colts just have to be focused. They cannot lose focus in this game defensively. They've got to be focused for 60 plus minutes, know who's on the field, know what their strengths and weaknesses are each of each player. Uh, and they've got to be in the spots they're supposed to be. And I think the fact that we know each other so well will be good for, for both, you know, both teams really, because you know what you're getting. So it's going to be who executes better and who's more physical at the line of scrimmage. Yep, it's going to come down to execution, which leads us right into our three keys to the game defensively for the Colts. Key number one, keep Henry out of the end zone. We did this the last time. You got to duplicate it. I know it's hard for 120 minutes to keep him out of the end zone twice, two games in a row, back to back. But that is, again, a big key to this matchup, keeping him out of the end zone. Ten rushing touchdowns in seven games, zero against us, which means ten in six games outside of our game, he's finding the end zone one, one and a half times per game this season in the games where he hasn't played us. So we have to do what we did in week three again here in week eight. And that is keep Derrick Henry out of the end zone. Key number one for the Colts defense. Yeah. And it's easier said than done. I thought they really did a good job in the first game. And, you know, the, the thing I would point out about that game was he ran for 128 yards and, you know, he had a, you know, a solid game, not a great game for him, but a, a solid game. And we kept him out of the end zone and going into the fourth quarter, we were in the game 14 to 13. And that's kind of where, where I'm at with this game. I just, I want to have a chance to win it at the end. And I think if we can do this, a lot of the same things we did in the first game defensively, I think we're going to be in it late. So, and I just think back to the other times we've played them outside of the, the COVID game, last year when we played him at Lucas Oil, we've done a decent job on him and and found a way to kind of mitigate his his touchdowns. I'm not a big yards guy. As long as he's not getting in the end zone, that's the biggest thing for me. Just keeping him out of the end zone, I think, gives this team the best chance to win, obviously. So, you know, he's gonna get his yards. You don't you don't stop a guy like him, you know, unless you put nine guys in the box and then you know, the other two receivers are going to kill you. So and I think that's what the Chiefs did last week. They, they, I think they actually held Henry to like 70 yards rushing, but it didn't matter because they were getting destroyed by everybody else. And that's kind of the point. Like they're, they have other players and you can't just focus on Henry. And that's what's making them, yeah, that's, that's why they're playing so well right now. So yeah, keeping him out of the end zone is probably the most important thing when it comes to him, but also just, you know, not giving up those 70-yard touchdown runs because those those will kill you. Key number two for the Colts defense, be prepared for the bootleg action and minimize big plays. 
Last time we saw them, week number three, Tannehill killed us a couple third downs. He got outside. He ran against us. I actually thought he was more deadly with his legs at times than Lamar Jackson was against us on Monday Night Football, at least the first three quarters of that Monday Night game against the Ravens. So it's a two-parter. Part number one, contain Ryan Tannehill, contain his legs. Don't let that bootleg action beat you on third down as it did in week three and minimize the big plays, whether that's a run from Henry. Key number one, obviously, slow down Henry, keep him out of the end zone. Whether it's Brown, whether it's Jones, you got to minimize big plays in this game. And a lot of it starts with Tannehill ad-libbing, getting out of the pocket and making things happen with his legs. So it's a two-parter, but it's connected. Key number two, contain Ryan Tannehill. No big plays. Yeah, in the first in the first game, I thought we, we did a really good job with Henry and a fairly solid job with everybody else. But the biggest plays in that game, there were four third down runs by Tannehill off of that bootleg action, and that absolutely killed us. And that was when we were in the game, and at, they were at advantageous times for. I mean, it's always an advantageous time to 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 bust a fifteen yard run and get a first down on third down, but. I mean, they were just backbreaking. All of them were. So they've got to be prepared for that this week. If you can keep Tannehill in the pocket, he will turn the ball over. He's thrown five interceptions this year. He will throw. If you can pressure him, keep him in the pocket, he will throw some picks. He'll throw some to, you know, make some bad throws, and you just got to make plays when he does that. We did that in the first game. We've got to do it again in this game. But as far as just, the, you know, the second key you know, they've got to be prepared for that bootleg and have a guy out there that's that's ready to make that tackle because if you don't have a guy out there, he's going to do that again in, in this game, and it's going to cost us big in this game as well. And you don't want to see, you know, this team not learn from their mistakes, not only in that game, but in the last game against San Francisco. They killed us with that bootleg action in the first drive and in another drive later in the game. The Colts have got to get better at handling that. Uh, I'm sure they drilled that all week, and we'll be prepared. So, Key number two, you know, minimizing the big plays from Tannehill, but also all their guys. Make them go the long route. So if they can do that, we'll be in the game. And key number three, pressure Ryan Tannehill with your front four. Forced turnovers. Last time we played them, we forced three turnovers. Last time we played them, pressure wasn't really getting to him. If anything, it kind of flushed him out of the pocket, and it led to those first down runs. So you have to do a better job putting pressure on him and containing him in the pocket. Don't let him slip out. Forced turnovers. Last time we played them, like I said, forced three, but we wasted them because offense didn't turn them into points. So in this game, you got to force turnovers as we did last time. I think that Mike Vrabel said that that was a mirage. I think the exact word he called it was a mirage that we forced three turnovers or that they turned the ball over three times. And to his point, in the other six games they've played this year, they've only turned the ball over six times, I guess. So one per game. And then when we played them, it was three in one game. So you got to do that again. You got to find a way to take the ball away. We lead the league in turnovers with 16 takeaways tied with Buffalo. So we've been doing it all year long. And we've been doing it more and more each week. The last three or four weeks, we have a big bulk of those 16. Obviously, after our 0-3 slow start to the season, our 0-2 slow start in terms of turnovers. Then we forced three in week three, falling to 0-3. But force turnovers and put pressure, pressure Tannehill with your front four. And hopefully, like you said, Jason, like you heard, Dio will be ready this week. If Dio makes his NFL debut, you have another guy, another body 
to be able to put in there and get after the quarterback. So we hope to see him out there on Sunday. It'll kind of be like T.Y. a couple weeks ago. Wasn't activated, but he was practicing, then activated going into Sunday and played in the game against the Texans. Hopefully we see the same thing with Dio because for key number three to be a success, he will be a huge factor in that, adding another pass rusher to the mix for the Colts defense. Key number three, pressure Ryan Tannehill and force turnovers. Yeah, and the key is really doing it with four guys and not having the blitz. Blitzing leads to a lot of uh, bad things, especially when you're playing against a team with a running back like Derrick Henry. You can run screens to beat the blitz. You can run a lot of different things. Getting there with four is super important. Colts haven't done a lot of that this year. They are playing better up front. Quiddy's started to play better. Alquadine's been solid the last few games. Tyquan's been pretty good and we're getting Teray back this week and that'll help and then you throw Dio in there if he's able to I think what's going to happen is they're they're going to activate him and then maybe work him before the game to see if he's ready I I think he's going to play that's what I was told and uh, so hopefully you know I think he'll be in there on like pass rush pass rushing downs and hopefully that'll help maybe like 10 snaps or something like that or 15 snaps but I wouldn't expect a ton from him but it will definitely help to have that extra guy a fresh legs too but, yeah, I mean, you've got to pressure him, keep him contained, don't let him get outside. You can't lose contain on the guy because, he'll, you know, kill you. Even if it's 15 yards, it's still a whole another set of downs. And if he does it four times, it's 60 yards and four new sets of downs. So the Colts definitely have to do better with that. And I think if you're able to pressure him and force them to do things they don't want to do, chasing the sticks if it's third and 11 or second and 14 – and you can get in there and rush the quarterback, you can you can force a turnover getting pressure on him because he's going to want to make a big play. And I think at some point our front four is going to show up. You know, Buckner, um, you might see him line up lined up a defensive end this week some. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I think that you're going to see some different things just trying to, to get some more pressure because the Colts really have struggled, as we all know, with getting pressure on these quarterbacks and they need to find a way to be better at it. So I think you're going to see, you know, some different things tried. I don't think they're just going to keep banging their head against the wall. I think Toulouse will probably try to mix it up and try to get some different things out there, show different looks to maybe hopefully get some pressure on Tannehill this game and then going forward with other quarterbacks as well. But getting back to the key, just pressuring him, keeping him kind of in the well, not letting him get out of the pocket, contain him with the forefront guys uh, I think that'll lead to turnovers. I don't, I, you know, obviously three in the first game is a lot to ask for a second game, but I think, you know, one or two could change the game. So definitely important. If we do these three things, I really think we will have a good chance to win this football game. Flipping over now to the Tennessee Titans defense, they come in 16th in points per game, allowing 23.4 points per game. They have eight takeaways to go along with 17 sacks, and I find this fascinating. They've turned the ball over nine times, and they only have eight takeaways, so they have a plus-minus of minus one turnovers on the season, and that's average I assume you know plus one minus one even around there on the season but not for the best team in the AFC this is the best team in the AFC in my opinion right now the way they've been playing the last couple weeks and they're definitely the hottest team I know they lost to the Jets but then they beat the Bills on prime time and they dismantle the Kansas City Chiefs so right now I would say at five and two they're about the favorites one of the top teams in the AFC right now in terms of to win the AFC and to go to the Super Bowl this year 
and they're minus one in turnovers. I assume that will change as the season goes on, but that is definitely interesting to look at. They are minus one in takeaways this season, but defensively, they're average. They're not good. They're not great. I do think they're better than last year, and they have playmakers on this defense. Our old friend Danico Autry, he's been playing pretty well. He has three and a half sacks. He has 11 quarterback hits, more quarterback hits than anybody on the Colts defense has this season, but they're led by outside linebacker Harold Landry. He's been fantastic for them, 37 tackles, eight tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks in just seven games, and 13 quarterback hits. So between Landry and Autry, they have 24 quarterback hits between those two players. Do we have 24 as a defense? I'm not even sure. But the Tennessee Titans defense, not great. 16th in points per game, only eight takeaways. But they do have players that you have to keep an eye out for this weekend, highlighted by Harold Landry. Yeah, Landry's really coming to his own. I liked him coming out of Boston College. He's playing great football for them. Actually, you know, absolutely, you know, wrecking games for them. Uh, I, you know, you thought Bud Dupree would be the guy, but Harold Landry's really stepped up. Their defense is better than they're ranked, I think. Just just having watched them the last couple games against powerful offenses and just destroy. I mean, they absolutely just destroyed Kansas City. Yep. And they did a really good job on on Buffalo as well. You know, I mean, Buffalo is not an easy team to keep under 30 points, and I think they did that. So, you know, they've got Landry. You mentioned Danico's playing really well for them. The three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, and double-digit quarterback hits. So he's playing really well. And then Bayard, the, the safety, 33 tackles, three picks, one fumble recovery, and then a touchdown. He's a big-time playmaker for them. And then just some other guys that I think are really solid players – Dupree's yet to get really going. He's kind of battled injuries, but you know how much of a difference maker he can be. Jayon Brown's a really good linebacker, as is David Long. Jeffrey Simmons up front, big-time player. And then the young corners they have, Christian Fulton and Elijah Molden, have really played well for them. So, you know, it's not – I don't think this is a 16th-ranked defense when it's all said and done. I think they have a lot more talent than that. Uh, they've suffered some injuries, but I actually think the guys that have ended up playing have been better than the guys that they've replaced. So – I do like their defense. It's getting better. The Colts are definitely going to have to account for Harold Landry um, because he's been he's I mean he's been an All Pro so far this year. He's been spectacular. So, and Nico has been playing really well for them too. So, they've got they've got a lot of players, man. And uh, it's going to be a tough tough matchup. But I I like the fact that the Colts are actually going to have the healthy quarterback in this game, and I think that's going to make a ton of a difference because in the first game, I mean really it it, it was. You know, it, it, we'll see what happens, but I, I do like their players. They're, you know, like you said, they're they're about average, sixteenth, twenty three and a half a game. But they've got playmakers, and I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. So uh, the Colts have to come out and just play well offensively. They've been doing a good job with that, mixing it up, being balanced. And I think they need to do that again this week. They certainly can't do what they did in the first game when they had. A quarterback with two sprained ankles throw 40 times and they only ran the ball 18. That's unacceptable and that cannot happen this week or we will not win this game, period. And jumping into our keys to the game for the Colts offense, key number one, be balanced. The last time we played the Titans, Carson Wentz was on two bad ankles, two sprained ankles, and he had 40 passes to 18 runs in the first matchup inexcusable it can't happen you can't drop him back 40 times and run the ball 18 times and then out of those 18 runs only 10 were for Jonathan Taylor and as we've seen the last couple weeks you have to run Taylor to win games period I don't care if it's 
a bomb cyclone. I don't care if you're at home in the dome. I don't care if the roof's open, if the roof's closed. I don't care if you're playing the 32nd ranked rush defense or if you're playing a top 10 ranked rush defense. Taylor is arguably the best player on this offense or the best skill player on this offense. Maybe Quinn Nelson's your best player when he's out there and he came back last week. But Jonathan Taylor is your best offensive player in terms of a skill threat to do damage where you could actually get him the ball. And we didn't do that the first time we played the Titans. So key number one, be balanced. I don't think it's as big of an issue in this matchup as it was in our first matchup because of the injury to Carson Wentz. Like if we could go back and replay that game, I'm running the ball 30 times to 10 passes or 40 times to 18 passes or whatever this was, I would flip it the last time we played them. This game's a little bit different. You could go a little heavier on the pass, I think, and succeed than we did in the first matchup because of two things. One, we're home, so I think it changes the game a little bit. But two, because Carson Wentz is healthier, much healthier this time than he was in week three. So just logically, it made no sense that you would have your injured quarterback, not on one bad ankle, but on two bad ankles, drop back as many times as we had him drop back in the first matchup. So in this game, I think you could throw a little bit more then run and be okay. But ultimately, you always want to be more balanced. I don't care if he's 100% healthy. You always want to be more balanced. And we just weren't the first time we played them. And it's not like they were blowing us out and we had to throw our way back into the game and the clock was against us. It was a close game. I think it was a one-point game at one point in the second half or in the fourth quarter. So you have to run the ball. You have to be balanced. Key number one, be balanced in this second matchup against the Titans. No question. I, I don't really have a problem. You know, it's not necessarily that I want them to be, you know, that they have to throw 50 and run, run and throw 50, 50, but the spread cannot be, you know, 40, 40 passes, 18 runs or 40 runs, 18 pass. It just, it's gotta be a little bit closer to like 55, 45 or 60, 40. You know, I think that with the, with this offense, the way we played this year with, with Carson and, and just everything that's going on after the, the 0-3 start, and he started to get healthy for the first time. I think our offense has been at its best when it's been balanced. You know, not 50-50 exactly, but pretty close, you know, like 60-40. And I think that kind of puts a defense back on its heels because it doesn't know what's coming. doesn't know if it's going to be a pass, doesn't know if it's going to be a run. And then also you, you can, you're able, able to mix in the play action when you're able to establish the run because they have to worry about Taylor. You saw that. I think in, in Baltimore, you saw that really the last four games that we've played, we you know, obviously lost the Baltimore game, but I think when you establish Taylor, it makes the play action game lethal. It opens up Michael Pittman. So being balanced leads to that. And I think, you know, it's a huge key for our offense, you know, to, to get the ball to everybody, to run it, to, to be consistent and efficient doing those things. I think it opens everything up, and I think if we're able to do that in this game, our offense has a really good chance of being successful. Key number two, get your playmakers the ball. The last time we played the Titans, it just gets crazier and crazier the more times you say it. Not only was our quarterback Carson Wentz on two bad ankles, but Jonathan Taylor in that very game was averaging 6.4 yards per carry, and he only had 10 carries in the game. Taylor, 10 carries, 64 yards. 
inexcusable. As we've seen the last couple weeks, you need to run Taylor if you want to win football games, especially against good football teams. And I don't care. I know we're Colt fans. Well, guys, you have to be honest. The Tennessee Titans are a damn good football team. I see a lot of people joking and making jokes or battling other fans. At the end of the day, they're a really good football team. And if you want to beat a really good football team, especially a team that has a good running back and they could control the ball on the other side, you have to do that on your side too and say, you know, we have a pretty damn good running back ourselves in Jonathan Taylor and 10 carries is just not going to get it done. You have to run Taylor more. So not only be balanced, but be logical. You have to be logical and you have to get your best players the ball. So I don't want to see a split where if we do run and pass, let's say 50-50, I don't want to see half of those 50-50 carries going to Hines and Mack. I want to see Taylor match Henry. If Henry has 20 carries, give Taylor 20 carries. So get your best players the ball, especially Jonathan Taylor. They couldn't stop him in the last game. We stopped him for them the last game by not giving him the ball enough. Key number two, get your playmakers the ball. Primarily, in my opinion, the second best running back in this game, but the second best running back also in the National Football League, the two best guys in the whole sport will be playing at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. Get Jonathan Taylor the ball and give him 18-plus carries in this game. Match Henry in carries for Jonathan Taylor. I'd love to see that. No doubt. I mean, you know, for me, I think, you know, 20 touches is, is kind of where I start with him, whether that's 15 carries and five, you know, pass receptions or whatever. He needs to have the ball in his hands at minimum 20 times a game. And we've got playmakers now. Pittman's coming to his own. I like Pittman in this matchup. I like him against their corners. He's very physical. I hope that we use him and run a lot of plays to him because I do not think their corners can match his physicality. And I think he could be a big time difference maker in this game. And then you've got T.Y. there to kind of, you know, take the top off the defense and, and do things over the middle. And then you've got, you know, Mo Alley and, and, and Pascal and, and Naheem. All those guys are playmakers, in my opinion. So you got to find a way to get all those guys involved. But for me in this game, I think Pittman and Taylor are huge because I think Taylor can run the ball and really do a good, you know, do a good job. He, he He's really one of those guys that can bust a play at any time. And so I, when I hear people say, well, we only ran for six yards in the Houston game or whatever, you got to give him more than two carries. And, and you see what happens when you you feed him the rock. You've got to be patient sometimes with these guys and and he's one he's like henry in that sense he can break it at any time and so you know getting the ball to those guys is super important i want to see Pittman have a huge game he's he's played well versus tennessee i think he played well against them last year you know didn't have a lot of opportunity in the first game but that i don't think that was really due to him it was more due to our offensive line and our quarterback not being able to move but i like him in this matchup i like our playmakers in this matchup and i think the colts have a chance to really do some good things on sunday Absolutely. And key number three, protect Carson Wentz, double Landry. When you look at this Titans defense, Landry has seven and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hits. Danico Autry, three and a half sacks, 11 quarterback hits. So they have guys. They do put pressure on the quarterback. They only have 17 sacks as a team, so not much outside of Landry and Autry, which gives you the opportunity and the ability to double team Landry, as we saw last week against Nick Bosa. You double the best player. You don't treat every player as if they're the same. You scheme up certain guys differently. And when a guy comes in averaging over a sack per game, it's a pretty good guy, pretty good opportunity to double team 
that pass rusher in this matchup. So key number three, protect Carson Wentz. If you do this, it'll set everything else up in key number one and key number two, protect Carson Wentz and double Landry, key number three. Yeah, I mean, Landry's Landry's just coming to his own. I mean, I like, like I said earlier in the show, I liked him a lot coming out of college, but he kind of was slow to develop. But this year, man, he's just taken off. And he's wrecked games. I mean, he's he's so much better than he was the first few years he was in the league. And the Colts just have to find a way to take care of him. You can't allow one guy, and, it, and especially with this defense, he's really the guy that, that's gotten almost all their sacks. I mean, he's got seven and a half out of 17, which, you know, what is that? Almost, that's over a third. So he's a really special player coming into his own, and the Colts have to account for him. The quickest way to get in trouble is to not, you know, double him or not help the t- tackle in this situation. And that could lead to, you know, Carson turning the ball over and a lot of other bad things. So it's very important that we protect Carson as it always is, but especially with this player because he's playing so good right now and he's just, he's flying around making a lot of plays. And you just don't want that one guy that you already know coming into the game is playing great football to wreck the game. So I think this is a huge, you know, a huge point and a huge key for this game to, you know, because if you can take, take, take care of Landry, I, I feel like, you know, Quentin's going to take care of Nico or Reed or whoever is out there can take care of, of Nico. He's not, I don't think he's going to have as big of a, you know, chance to make plays as Landry because Landry, you know, is going to be going against either, you know, Pryor, Smith, if he plays, who's coming off an injury, he's going to be rusty or he's going to be going against Fisher. Those are advantageous matchups for the Titans. So the Colts have to make sure they game plan for that and be prepared for whatever they're going to do because the Titans are going to move them around. And so got to be prepared for everything. But yeah, just, you know, as simple as you can make it, we got to protect the quarterback. And if we have to, we got to double Landry because you can't allow one guy to wreck the game. Nope. And now it's time for our For the Culture predictions. Jason, after last week, thankfully you got your first loss of the year, picking the Niners against the Colts. So now we're tied. We're both 6-1. and one. My only loss came against the Tennessee Titans. I picked us to beat the Titans the last time we played them in week three. And I'm going to pick the Colts again. Don't let me down. Don't make me go 0-2 against the Tennessee Titans. I just think the game's too big. I think the guys know how big it is. Darius Leonard's quote this week, calling it a must-win game, I think really puts emphasis on the vibe in the locker room. They know they're not looking at it as just one more game. And I think that's big because I feel like Reich, with the 1-0 mentality, and the way he kind of treats every player as if they're the same guy. I think that it's big that Leonard came out and said that because it makes me feel like Reich put that energy out there into the locker room and the entire team is viewing this as the season could be over if you lose this game. It's not over, but it could be over if you lose this game, especially the division, which is pretty much over period, if you lose this game. So I like that the locker room acknowledges how big the game is. I love that Leonard didn't just say it's just another game. It's another one to go 1-0. So I like that a lot. The first game, we didn't belong in the game, and we were still in the game. I think being at home and splitting the last couple years. I want to say we split the last two years, right, Jason? We swept them in 18. I don't remember. Nine, they might have swept us. Yeah, no, no. We we split 19. We and split. split in oh, yeah, because that was one of our 
in our five and two start with Jacoby, he beat them. Yeah, it was a Jordan Wilkins game. The Jordan Wilkins game, yeah. Wilkins was great in that game, and I don't think he's carried the ball one time since that game. <laughs> I don't and also, so. wait, another thing about Jordan Wilkins, he practiced this week, which is great. Not even for this team because we don't use him or need him that much on this team, but it was scary because we had no clue what that was. And it said a non-football illness. That could have been anything. could have been something really, really bad. And he wasn't practicing for a while, and they never IR'd him, and it was just very strange. So to see him back out there practice is great, not even for the football team, but for him personally, that it's not something super serious where he's in the hospital or God only knows what was going on there. So that's fantastic. But, yeah, that was the Jordan Wilkins game that we lost later in the year. We lost to everybody later in the year when Hoyer played a couple games, and then Jacoby was just awful down the stretch, and we couldn't beat anybody at the end of 2019. Then last year we split with them. And we were basically stride for stride other than week one losing to the Jags. If we beat the Jags, we outright win the division and the tiebreaker and all that stuff. But last year we split. This year we lost the first game. I think we win the second game. I think we split with them. I think we even things up. We go 500. I think the Titans are still in control of the division because they have been the better team against other opponents this year as well. They beat up on the Chiefs last week. They beat the Bills. They just have more quality wins than we do. We haven't beat a good team yet. We haven't beat a team over 500. So we are 0-3, I want to say, against teams that are above 500. And then we're 3-1 and against teams under 500. So you have to eventually beat a team that's 500+. plus. I think we get our first one this week. But could we do it consistently after this? So that's to be determined. Well, this week's to be determined, and then that is also to be determined because we have the cards. They already lost to the cards. We have the Bucks when they get the Saints, which is an advantage for the Titans. We get the Bills, who we haven't seen yet. They beat the Bills. So I do think we win this game. I think we're more balanced offensively. I think we run Taylor. I think we get a couple of takeaways, probably not three, but I think we get one or two takeaways that could be the difference in this game. So if we take care of the ball and we give Taylor 15 to 20, 22, 23 carries or touches in this game, I think we'll have a chance to win this game. So I'm going to pick the Colts in this game. I'm going to say 24-21 Colts. I hope you're right, my friend. You know, I usually have a feeling going into a game, like gut feeling about how the team's going to play or whatever. But for this one, I really don't. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the way the Titans are playing and the way we're playing. And the difference really is the Titans have beaten good teams and played consistent games for 60 minutes. And the Colts really haven't done that yet. So I'm going to pick Tennessee 28 to 24. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a good game. I just feel like Tennessee is a better team right now. They've been playing outstanding football and they've played 60 minute games, consistent 60 minute games. The Colts, have had lulls in almost every game. And when you play a team like Tennessee, you can't have, like, they can't come out flat in this game. They cannot do it. And they can't have a lull in the third quarter. There's, you know, they've got to play a 60 minute game and they still have not done that really on any side of the ball, aside from maybe the Houston game on defense. I think the Colts have a great chance of winning this game and they're favored and they're at home and all that stuff. But just with the way Tennessee's playing and you look at Henry, then you look at Julio and, and, and A.J., that they got those two guys out there for the whole game. They only had them for half the game the last time. Uh, I just think it's it's a lot to ask. Uh, would I be shocked if the Colts won? No, absolutely not. I think it's you know a game that 
it's pretty two pretty evenly matched teams that know each other well. But Tennessee is playing really good football right now. So I'm going to – I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to take the Titans by four. I hope I'm wrong. Usually I am wrong, so hopefully I am wrong. That's just how I feel kind of right now. Maybe I'll feel a lot better going to the game Sunday, but we'll see. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong. The Colts definitely have the team to beat them. They're getting everybody back, and, you know, they should have all hands on deck in this game. There won't be any excuses as far as injuries go. So, you know, it's a good time to get them. And we, and we generally, outside of the last two times, we generally play them pretty well at home. And Tennessee's kind of struggled on the road this year. They lost to the Jets. They played, you know, pretty bad in Seattle for three quarters. And then Seattle, I don't know what they were thinking, but they blew that game. Tennessee came back and won, but they haven't played their best on the road. So that's a good thing for the Colts. I, I'm just looking at how Tennessee's playing right now, and they're playing so much better than almost everybody else is in the league. I just hope the Colts can match that. They, they certainly can. They've got the players. They know how important this game is. Like I said early in the show, it comes down to execution. Whoever executes better in this game is going to win it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't really have a gut feeling about this game either. I picked the Colts because I like that we're getting healthy, and I like that we competed with them. And I know it was a different Titans team week three. They turn around the next week or the week after, and they lose to the Jets. And then since then, they've been unstoppable. So the NFL is so weird because it's such a week-to-week league. But the fact that we played them as tight as we did, despite it being five, six weeks ago and it being a different team and a different Titans team, we were on the road, and Wentz was so injured. He was so bad. And the fact that it was still close and the fact that we only gave Taylor the 10 carries, I just have a feeling Reich's been better the last three weeks for sure. The last four weeks, outside of the one quarter against the Ravens, he's been much, much better. And I have to give him credit where credit's due. So if he comes into this game with the right game plan, as he's done the last few weeks, and we're coming off back-to-back wins, so I think the team feels good about itself. Even though it's a big game, I feel like there's almost, it's weird. Like, they know it's a must-win game, but I almost feel like there's less pressure than when we were 0-2 and we played them because you're going on the road, and I think it's more mental. Even though the stakes might be higher in this game, it might be more mental when you're sitting at 0-2 and you're like, oh my God, we're never going to get this win. We're just never going to win our first game. And now you have two under your belt, you got to feel really good about yourselves coming off the win, primetime Sunday night football. The adversity we faced losing on Monday night to the Ravens, blowing that the way we did, and then bouncing back the last two weeks and playing great football, subpar opponents, a terrible opponent in the Texans, I get that, and then subpar in a bomb cyclone against the Niners, I get that as well, but you're still stacking wins. You got to feel better about yourself. And I think the overall confidence in the quarterback is big. It's big for the offense. It's big for the defense. I think defensively, I go back to 2019, the defense slipped at the end of the year. And I think part of it was because they had no faith in Jacoby, almost to the point like, why are we busting our ass? Why are we forcing turnovers? Why are we getting off the field when we can't even put our helmets down and get a sip of water because we're going to be back on the field in two minutes anyway because the offense can't hold the ball. And I felt like maybe a little bit of that earlier in the season and that Titans game, the offense was really bad and Wentz was really bad. And you always have to earn trust. So like last year, even though Rivers came in as a Hall of Famer, 
You have to earn the trust in the locker room. And I think Wentz, last week especially, and just battling through the injuries he battled through, I think the team said, you know what, this guy could play. This guy's tough. This guy's tougher than anything we heard about in Philadelphia. And then last week, I think watching him go out there in the rainstorm and throw the ball you know, semi-effectively given the conditions, the weather conditions, and to be able to put up 30 back-to-back, I think there's just a good confidence. I think the team is starting to buy in to the quarterback, and he's earning the trust of his teammates, and I think all that goes a long way. The Titans have been together for a while now. Obviously, Henry's the best running back in football, and Tannehill is going into year three or four with them. They've been to the playoffs the last couple years as a team since taking over for Marcus Mariota. So they're in a much different state than we are. And I think going into week three, there was a lot of pressure. Oh, my God, we're 0-2 if we lose this game. Oh, my God, we haven't won a game yet. And now winning back-to-back games and having more confidence and confidence in the quarterback, I think all that's going to go a long way. And if the game is anything like it was the first game, if you add, I get they get their receivers back and they're going to be healthier, but I think we get more back outside of two guys. And the quarterback who played last game being healthy, I think is a big game changer. So right now, I still think the Titans are the favorites even after this game to win the AFC South. But in this game particular, outside of my gut, because my gut doesn't really even lean one way or another yet, I just think for some reason the Colts are going to find a way to win this game and I also at the end of the day don't think they're two games better than us last year I didn't think that and we split this year I feel the same way and I feel like it's just going to even itself out and we're going to find a way to split with the Titans so that's why I'm picking them just to give a little bit more background on my prediction but yeah hopefully I'm right because I'm taking the Colts yeah everything you said is true man I mean all the stuff about the you know, adversity and confidence in the quarterback, all that. I'm definitely not arguing that. I, I definitely think it's going to be a close game. And, and one other point that kind of goes your way, actually, is I don't think they've swept us since 11. Man, I don't even. Maybe the, I have, probably the Curtis, maybe the Curtis Painter year. No, we beat them. Our first win that year was against Tennessee. Damn. So, no, I don't, I maybe, dude, I don't know. Because luck know never lost. Luck never lost them. The only time they might have swept us was the Hasselback year, but I feel like they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. I, I can't remember the last time. I, or dude, the Pagano, so that, maybe the Pagano year when Luck missed the last year of Pagano. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might be right on that. Yeah, the, the so 17 was the last time. But outside I of think. 17, you'd probably have to go back a long way, like early 2000s. Yeah, it's maybe it's, never. Yeah, I know maybe this, never. I, they swept us in 2002. Okay. I do remember that. So but, they might only have two or three lifetime because after 2002, if you go any further back, we're in the AFC East. We only play them once a year. I mean, once right. every couple of years. Right. That's yeah. You're right. I'm. I'm just. I'm looking up 2017 because I want to see if we uh, if we got swept by them. I'm pretty sure we did. It doesn't really, I guess it doesn't really mean anything. You're starting to cut out, by the way. You got the soup can going on. But I want you to give the stat real quick before we wrap it up. Well, I can give you the stat. We, we got swept by him in 2017. We lost We lost both games. But other than that. All right. The podcast gods want us to get off. So they did sweep us in 2017. Hopefully it's not a repeat of 17. This weekend, round number two, they beat us week three. Here we are week eight. Must win game. According to Darius Leonard, it's a must win game. So 
That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We will be back Sunday night into Monday morning with the game recap, and it's a big one. So buckle up, get ready. If you're going to the game on Sunday, enjoy it, have fun. Hopefully the Colts come away with a victory and we could go into the rest of the season with something to play for, something to root for, and still have a chance at making the postseason. Big, 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 big game this weekend against the Titans in week number eight. And we'll be back on Sunday night to recap it all right here on the Poison Culture Podcast.